Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much with my man, Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And always, always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Are the Clippers ready to clip again after what LeBron James and the Lakers did to them last night? <sighs> what in the name of Kawhi Leonard could be going on with that team? We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. But the ever-enterprising Harry Douglas had a chance to see a couple of reports out there. And I'm sure that Devin Kane, our producer, noted Giants fan, is not going to want to hear this, Harry Douglas, because what do you see in terms of reports being out there that could involve Devin Kane's New York Giants football team? Giants running back Saquon Barkley has been in contact with C.J. Stroud of the Houston Texans and is targeting the Texans as a top potential destination in free agency. Devin Kane. Now, me personally, I would love to see Saquon Barkley with the Houston Texans mm-hmm. because I would love to see how Bobby Slowick is going to use him. And it will probably be in a similar way that we see Christian McCaffrey. Sure, uh, absolutely. With Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers, so very dynamic, giving him the football uh, from a running standpoint, but really u- utilizing him in the pass game and creating more avenues for C.J. Stroud to be dynamic from the quarterback position. What's the best way to help out your quarterback, especially the way they're going to run the football and do that and have a dynamic play call like Slowick? <laughs> you bring in a guy like, C, like for C.J. Stroud along the lines of a Saquon Barkley who does and fits everything, and you made the proper comparison. Can be the Christian McCaffrey for that offense, the way we've seen Christian McCaffrey, how he's elevated the San Francisco 49ers offense and has helped that quarterback in terms of Brock Purdy looking a lot better because he does have everything on his plate. C.J. Stroud showed – you can put everything on my plate. I'm good. <laughs> I'll make that work. That's but right. then you give him somebody else like that to make that offense more multiple, more varied, and even more dangerous. Yeah, Saquon Barkley understands the landscape. If I get a chance to go there and we're still a young football team and I'm still relatively young. <laughs> so, Freddie, one thing about this show is that we love each other on a whole nother level. And that. me saying that, I'm concerned about Devin Kane. So I, I need him to <laughs> let the people know, let us know how you're doing when you see reports like this and you already know that the Giants, from an offensive standpoint, they do not have an offensive identity. No one knows what it is. I don't even know if Brian Dable understands what it's going to be moving forward. When you hear things like this um, in the news that Saquon Barkley, you know, has been contacting C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans are a potential destination for him and free agency. What are you feeling right now, D.K., a.k.a. Devin Kane? I'm trying to separate my feelings versus my realistic view of the football landscape. Are we doing safe space music for Devin? Oh, he needs it. Well done, Nick Carty. I didn't even ask for this. but You really did. But, but way to know the room, Nick Carty. Here's the thing. If it's... If they're going to keep bickering about contracts, if Joe Shane doesn't want to pay Saquon, then good for Saquon to go to a team. Like, as much as it would pain me to see him in another uniform, it's mm-hmm. it's it, 
I would love to watch him play for the Texans because it, it would be electric. So, like, I understand for both senses if the Giants want to move on from a, from a running back like Saquon. I get that if you don't want to pay a guy like that. But for the Texans, like, if you get him, man, like, that would be electric, no doubt. So my next question for you, Devin, is this. If Saquon is no longer a member of the New York football Giants, I believe they're still the football Giants. I mean, the play hasn't showed us, but I believe they still are. <laughs> In New York, for if, sure, four Super if, Bowls. If he's no <laughs> – well, Good comeback. Good comeback. Good comeback. Good, 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 good comeback. response there. If, he, if he's no longer a member, what are you excited about when it comes to the 2024-25 season? Next year, this well actually this year. Uh, if we if we keep Daniel Jones, I'd be excited about hopefully Malik Neighbors. Um, if we don't keep Daniel Jones, then I'd be excited about a new quarterback. <laughs> Those are my kind of my options. I'm, not for nothing too. Um, a guy who I think could make a leap while we're on the topic. Sure, he started really getting getting good down the stretch. Wandale Robinson for the Giants. Yeah, I, I, yeah, like, I like him. him too. I like him as a wide receiver. I Very like wiry, quick. Yeah. Um, can can can, you know, win one on one in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I like Wandale but but Robinson. to your point, yeah, there's yeah. there's there's not there's not a lot. Yeah, put it this way, they, they love the fact that Wandale Robinson. That's what they want Jalen Hyde to be. That's why they drafted in the third round out of Tennessee. And the one concern when he came out of the draft last year was, could he be able to catch the football? He had issues with drops, and could he run routes other than go routes where he could use his speed and get behind the secondary and stack the guys behind him and get behind and make those kind of catches. And he did struggle with that. He did struggle running routes. He started to come on a little bit, a little bit more, got more targets. But then the Giants quarterback, Quandry, was a quagmire at times where they had different guys starting a quarterback where he couldn't find a rhythm with who was going to be on the center. And, and I'm about to throw on my offensive coordinator hat. So for Brian Dable and company, when you have a player like Jalen Hyatt who didn't you know, face a lot of press coverage and it might be an issue of him getting off that in the National Football League. Sure. <coughs> Excuse me. Take a note from Kyle Shanahan's book. Yeah, that's how Brian Dabo feels right now. Excuse me. <laughs> Jalen Hart not put, stepping up. <laughs> you know, put put him in motion. Mm-hmm. Put him at the as the back man in, in the stack formation. Yeah. Give him multiple ways and avenues to be able to get into his route without right. facing press coverage. Those are a lot of different things that you can do with Jalen Hyatt. Well, I, I give a lot of credit to Saquon Barkley. Oh, go ahead, Devin. I'll let you speak on your football team. Go ahead. No, no. no. I think Nick played something for Harry. Go okay. Oh, oh, the coughing effect. I thought that was Devin. I thought that was Devin. You know, like interrupting and everything. Not interrupting. That's a strong word to use. I, <laughs> I think he wanted to chime in about his Giants. No, I blame but, Nick for that. Well, we can blame Nick for a lot of things before the show, during the show, show meeting, the whole nine yards. If we're gonna change the name from Nick Cardi, Nick. Nicodemus to Nick the show killer because that's what he's been right now so far being in charge of things on the board for Freddie and Harry. And Devin told radio. me to play that, so he I did. don't want to that, hear it. That's fine, but you're still going to be the show killer because you had three or four other instances where it did not look favorably upon you, Nick Cardi, when it comes to that. But I give Saquon Barkley a lot of credit. He's like, look, he came to the realization, I want to be a New York Giant. I've made it very, very plain and very, very clear. I want to stay here. Anytime I've said that, they've like, Man, guys, I'm, I love New Jersey. My family, so they can see me play. That's really good to hear. He basically said, screw you guys. I'm going to find a place where I know I'm going to be appreciated. My talents are going to be appreciated. And, yeah, I know I'm not going to get that long-term deal. That's not what they give running backs. But at the same time, I go to an offense like that in the state of Texas, no state income tax, get to keep a lot more of my money, and I'm with a team that I know will use me a lot better and make me more productive than the New York Giants ever did in a place that I never wanted to leave. And, and you say to yourself at some point, right, reality has to sink in. I want to be with this organization. I want to be close to home. But, hey, if they're not going to understand 
and realize what my worth is, then I have to look elsewhere. Elsewhere could be in the state of Texas where there's no state income tax. You don't have to deal with New Jersey, New York, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and pay their taxes. Mm-hmm. You get to pocket a lot more money. You have a team in which they were able to make a playoffs with a rookie head coach, a rookie play calling, a rookie quarterback. Things are looking very promising. They have some some solid pieces offensively and defensively. Yeah. Hey. I got to take my talents to out uh, H-Town. Mm, no doubt about Sitting that. Sitting sideways, Paul Wall. By the way, put it this way. Nothing against New Jersey, New York food, which is fantastic. Texas food, it lands different. Mm, sure does. Soul food in Houston, it lands different. <laughs> so, Beyonce has a song out, doesn't she? Yeah, Texas Hold'em. Texas Hold'em. Yeah, it holds different. Texas Hold'em. And, and, and if anybody can convince Saquon Barkley as a native Houston Texan, because it holds and holds different. It can be Mrs. Mrs. JC herself. Saquon, go on down, 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 down. <laughs> well done by you. <laughs> so like Harry Douglas just said about five minutes ago, according to reports that Saquon Barkley has been in contact with C.J. Stroud, the quarterback, outstanding quarterback to Houston Texans, about maybe that could be his possible destination, seeing that the New York Giants don't want him anymore. We'll stay tuned for that. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80, and always tell you smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Last night's battle of L.A. between the Clippers and the Lakers was all Clippers all the time. At one point in the third quarter, James Harden was on a heater, scoring 18 points in that third quarter. The Clippers had a 21-point lead in the fourth quarter. And then they forgot about LeBron James. Just like they forgot about Dre, they forgot about L.J., and he put it on them in the fourth quarter, outscoring the Los Angeles Clippers. The Lakers rallied from 21 down in that fourth quarter, beat the Clippers 116-112. to 112. Hey, LeBron, how you do what you do? I was able to give myself some space and get a couple more looks. You know, so my teammates did a great job of continuing to find me. You know, and then I just try to dictate the tempo, dictate the game. You know, as we started making a run for it and getting the game closer and closer and closer. Um, so, you know, just a zone that you can't really describe it. You, you, Wish you could stay in it forever, but obviously it checks out, you know, as the game ends. But, you know, during it, you don't, you don't feel anything. You just. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Let's have a superpower, I feel. One of our favorites, Scott Beecham, hit us on Twitter, Harry Coleman, ESPN, and HWS83. Scott says, you just know some teams just have that title, meaning like the Cleveland Browns. They are the Browns, and the Clippers are the Clippers, and yes, they will clip again, and don't get me started on the Cleveland Browns. I can't wait to see how they react to what happened last night because I know from a Clipper fan, if I'm a Clipper player, I'm thinking, man, we had a 21-point lead on you dudes without Paul George, mm-hmm. and we know we're going to have that guy back in the playoffs. On the other side of that, 
you had a 21-point lead without Paul George, and you forgot to guard LeBron James and forget about him. So both of those things can be true. Can't wait to see how they react to that. It's not, some games are not just NBA games in the regular season, especially when they had kind of circled that one to say, we're going to show people in the city and the Lakers what's what, that we're ready to take over this town. Well, I don't like the simple fact that they're one in three since the All-Star break. If you're the Los Angeles Clippers, you can't start, even though it's it happened now. Yeah. It's That's not an ideal start for you the second half of the season. You're trying to be in a position to where you can be solid and you don't have to be, you know, wondering, are we going to be able to do this or do that? Is this person going to be healthy right. or not? Uh, who's going to be with us? But I think against that game versus the Lakers, it was three things for me, Freddie. It was the turnovers, number one. Mm-hmm. You can't turn the basketball over because it puts you in a bad position transition-wise. They had 14 turnovers. The Los Angeles Lakers scored 30 points off of those 14 turnovers. Wow. 30 points. The, the Lakers scored 18 in the fourth quarter alone off of those turnovers. And then you look at the three-point line, they got open looks. They didn't knock them down. They were 10 for 27, 27 10 for 37, missed 27 uh, three-pointers, 27%. That's not going to do it. No. And I mentioned the last thing, the transition. You turn the basketball over, you're not careful with it, you can't take care of it, you're going to give up easy baskets for LeBron James and company. It was so many times LeBron James got so many easy baskets in transition because the Clippers were being so sloppy with the basketball. That's one of the things that Ty Lue actually pointed out after the game is, is, is how they couldn't you know, take care of the ball mm-hmm. and the Lakers exposed them and took advantage of the situation. Because that's why they brought James Harden in for, for specific games like this where they could have that control and not be loose with the basketball. And that's exactly what happened. And it wasn't just him. Not placing everything on him because this was a collective collapse mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. It wasn't just him. It wasn't just Kawhi. It was, as, we, as the kids say, it was everybody. Not everybody, everybody that had that happen. And if you're the Los Angeles Clippers and people expect you to clip, people are thinking that's what's going to happen. Yeah, you got the new arena next year, the Intuit Dome. It looks fantastic. The specs look wonderful. You can't wait to get from underneath the Lakers' shadow. You no longer have to share a building with the Los Angeles Lakers. They can have their own hizzle. You can have your own for shizzle as far as the Los Angeles Clippers are concerned. But it doesn't help that the more you try to get under a shadow, you have nights like that. You're up by 21 points in the fourth quarter. I know no lead is safe in the NBA. But certain leads with certain teams should be. The Hornets boy, 21-point lead, we understand it. Other teams are not any good. Like the Philadelphia 76, Joel Embiid, they blow a 21-point lead, we understand it. You're the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard, with James Harden, with Russell Westbrook, with Norman Powell, and Ty Lue, who in my opinion is one of the best coaches in the league, if not the best coach in the NBA. You don't lose a 21-point lead, especially in your building, quote-unquote, to the team that shares your building, and it looked like they were defeated when that fourth quarter came along until Captain America, a.k.a. LeBron James, showed up and flipped that whole script against the Clippers. And we have to give a lot of credit to LeBron. The the game at the end, it was a two-point ball game, 114 to 112. LeBron said, you know what, I'm going to take this challenge just like I put this Matt truck on my back the entire game because I had to put on uh, my Superman cape. Mm -hmm. And his head coach, Darvin Ham, said he had to whip it out. And sometimes it's like that, LeBron. You got to whip it out and you got to be the guy that, that, that propels your team to victory and make every single play, even though you have Anthony Davis, even though you have um, Austin Reeves, even though you have Hachimura, you have other guys that are younger than you that you expect to make those plays, mm-hmm. but I got to give D'Angelo Russell credit, right? Because as good as LeBron was, 
when it came to certain moments, if you stayed ready, you didn't have to get ready. Sure. And D'Angelo Russell was ready, scoring eight points in the fourth quarter, hit a huge three with about, I think, three minutes to go in that ball game that actually put them up three. It was 116-116 at that point. Hachimura, he scored five points in, in, in the fourth quarter as well. But you, I, I don't think this is – can be sustained by LeBron. No, like when you get yeah. to a playoff series mm-hmm. and, and, and let's just say the series goes to seven games. Well, LeBron can't be doing this five or six games of that seven game series. No question. No We've question. seen the proof in the pudding within, I believe five games. Oh no, it wasn't a sweep. It was a sweep last year. They got swept by the Denver Nuggets mm-hmm. and four games where we seen when it got to the fourth quarter, LeBron James ran out of gas because he had to do it all. He had to do it all, Freddie. I expect him not to play tonight versus the Washington Wizards yeah. because of the effort and the time that, that he had to, you know, put together to be able to get that victory last night, in which I thought was a very imperative and important game for the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm going to use a line from one of my favorite movies, The Fugitive, at the end when Tommy Lee Jones, he finally catches the character when it comes to Harrison Ford. He goes, he goes, he said, I didn't kill my wife. He goes, I know, but it's over now. He goes, and you know what? Thank God. I need the rest LeBron's going to need the rest tonight when they play the Wizards because after that, Nuggets, Thunder, Kings, Mm. Bucks, Timberwolves, Mm. Kings, Warriors. Those are the games after tonight. If LeBron needs the rest because he can use the rest (laughs) after last night, tonight's the perfect night because after that, the murderer's row shows up. The team that won the championship last year, the Denver Nuggets. The Oklahoma City Thunder competing for the number one spot in the Western Conference. The Sacramento Kings, never an easy night. The Milwaukee Bucks, seemed like they figured things out since the All-Star break. The Minnesota Timberwolves competing for a number one spot. The Kings again, and Golden State is always going to be a threat. They may not be a threat to win a championship, but that's never an easy 48 minutes when it seems like they've gotten their act together ever since Draymond Green has gotten back into the graces of the Golden State Warriors. Okay, let me rewind something really quick. It wasn't a, 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 an imperative game. It was very imperative that they won the game. True. Because it yeah. was very important to the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> Good cover. Good I would have said to myself, I was like, well, hold on. I didn't use the word right. <laughs> Let me rewind that. But, but the good thing is we know what you meant as far as that goes. You look at the Clippers. They're at Minnesota over the weekend, so that's not going to be an easy game. Then at the Houston Rockets, that's never an easy game. They got the Milwaukee Bucks. Then they get the Bulls. Then the Bucks. Then the Timberwolves. So they don't have an easy stretch as well. And now you got that in the back of your head when you had a 21-point lead and the Lakers are ready to go on to the night and head out to the town and try to drown their sorrows. And you let the Lakers give it away and find a way for LeBron James, the best athlete that's ever played in the NBA, to have that magical moment on a home game for the Los Angeles Clippers in a building that they share with the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, they don't call him the king for it, for it, for any just any old reason. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. the king, not the king. He the king. K-N-G. For a reason. <laughs> He's the king for a reason. And speaking of the king, he said this about what you mentioned and what we mentioned, not being sustainable when they need him to do something like that magical like he did last night, thinking that could be sustainable the rest of the season. I just got to do what I got to do. If I'm in a lineup, um, if I'm on the floor, got to make plays. You know, sometimes I got to make even more plays, and tonight was one of those moments where I had to make um, even more plays in order for us to even get back into the game, and then ultimately winning the game. So, obviously, we you know every game is important for us, especially you know at this moment, uh, we have to approach it that way. But uh, tonight was a, a really good test for us. It was a great test, obviously being down versus one of the best teams in the league and on their home floor, and be able to keep our composure, um, you know, to weather the storm, um, you know, in that fourth quarter. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. 
Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. But it was, was very key for us. Do you think sometimes LeBron tries to hold, 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 hold in his laugh when he's up there at the podium? At in terms talking? of what? Like I just felt like that was a moment last night, like in post game, that he's that uh-huh. he wanted to laugh. Like, hey, y'all forgetting who I am? Yeah, the, the, yes. There's a little bit of that snarkiness <laughs> when people seem to have amnesia about what mm-hmm. he's done. That's also a message to his team. The first part of what he said: "It's got to do what I got to do." Other guys got to have that same mentality. It can't just be about, well, we'll do our best and wait for him or wait for Anthony Davis. You got to be in touch with inner LeBron. It's got to do what I got to do and do the same thing. If you're anybody else, not name him Anthony Davis on a basketball team because it was great last night. It is not going to be sustainable for the Lakers to be a threat in the Western Conference and get back to the NBA Finals. That is not going to work. True. Every dog is Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry. Don't forget about NBA action tonight. The Denver Nuggets host the Miami Heat. In other words, the two teams that played each other last year for an NBA championship. They get together for a regular season matchup in Denver presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 930 Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The college football that you know and love has gone completely out the window. That doesn't mean that's a bad thing. We'll get to that next on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius X and Channel 80. And I'll tell you a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. College football's over as you know it. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It seems like a 14-team college football playoff. That has been gaining serious momentum and is going to believe, many people believe, Harry, it's going to happen in 2026. We're just getting a 12-team playoff in 2024, and it looks like two years after that, it's going to go to a 14-team playoff in college football. That's going to be amazing how that happens. Well, it, it, I'm really looking forward to the 12-team playoff, but mm. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, yeah. you know, I, I thought you're supposed to crawl before you walk, but uh-huh. I guess they want to go ahead and have these stipulations in place. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you would want to see what's going on first and what's transpiring first sure. before you actually move forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To making the decision on the, you know, a larger group. Yeah, th- that's a great question. That's the normal yeah. thinking. Yeah, we need an answer, and not from me or you. From Heather Dinich, an SOS sister to show ESPN College Football reporter that's a great job covering college football as well when it comes to the playoff. Hit her on Twitter at CFB Heather. Heather, we laid it out there. Looks like a 14-team college football playoff has been gaining serious momentum to start during the 2026 season. What more can you tell us about that? 
That's definitely the direction it's trending, according to sources. And the expectation is that the CFP's management committee, which is the FBS commissioners and Notre Dame leadership, are going to try to get on a video conference next week to talk more about that. CFP Executive Director Bill Hancock said coming out of the last meeting that was in Dallas a week or two ago in person that he would like to see this get wrapped up with some more definitive answers by mid-March. And that continues to be the timeline, according to people that we're talking with in in the room. Um, But they've got to decide a format. Nothing is a given. And Mm -hmm. football playoff for over a decade now and watching this grow from 4 to 12 and now maybe to 14, there's just never any guarantee that the timeline is going to be met. There's always moving targets. And there are so many people involved that there's always differing of opinions and so the question is can they come to agreements on three main things that's format and in that are conversations about access and automatic qualifiers revenue distribution for each conference and governance so will there be more money more automatic qualifiers and more weight given to the Big Ten and the SEC as we've seen them grow in both size, stature, and wealth. One of the things about what you just mentioned, you mentioned the key word, the R word, revenue, because that's where mm-hmm. this is all leading. That's where it all got started. Why do I get the sense that the big boys in college football are doing everything they can to push away the smaller teams when it comes to revenue and revenue sharing? Well, revenue sharing within the college football playoff has never been equal, and it never will be. Right now, it's an 80-20 divide. 80% goes to the Power Five in the, in the old regime, and 20% has gone to the Group of Five. Um, some obviously gets chipped away for Notre Dame in there mm-hmm. as well. Um, and those will continue to be discussing. The same goes for voting privileges in there. On major issues like playoff format, um, anything like that, it has to be unanimous at the president's level. They want to do away with that. And if they do do away with that, as we sit here right now, when they vote for something in the room, a majority of the power five commissioners have to be in favor of it in order for it to pass. So there's always been a tilt in favor of the bigger, wealthier conferences as they sit around the table. I think the question is how much more in the future does it lean towards the Big Ten and the SEC? Okay, so Heather, I want to go back to the 12-team playoff because that's what we're having in 2024. A team like Mm -hmm. Notre Dame goes undefeated, and they're the number one team in the country. Break down for our listeners how they will be seeded in the 12-team playoff. Even if Notre Dame is the number one team in the country by the selection committee on selection day, the Irish would be seeded no higher than fifth minutes after the ranking is released because the seeding in the bracket looks different than the selection committee's top 25. And the reason Notre Dame couldn't be any higher than fifth, the fifth seed, is because the four highest-ranked conference champions are rewarded a first-round buy. Hmm. So, obviously, Notre Dame's independent. They can't win a conference title. They would be treated the same way as Washington State and Oregon State, which cannot win a Pac-12 title this year either. Any independent team 
isn't going to be any higher than that number five spot. And by the way, that's not just Notre Dame. That's the SEC runner-up. That's the Big Ten runner-up. So you can have Alabama be the number two team in the country after it loses Georgia in the SEC championship game. Alabama's that number five seed. Wow. Heather Dennis, ESPN College Football Reporter, hit her on Twitter, CFB Heather, on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Let me go back to the Notre Dame thing. So let's say after all these weeks, Notre Dame's undefeated. They're number one by the selection committee, and they would be the fifth seed in a 12-team playoff. <laughs> Did I hear that correctly, Heather, from you about Notre that Dame? That is correct. And not only – so what does being the fifth seed mean? That means, A, they get to host a first-round game at home, which mm-hmm. is a big deal. Mm-hmm. But, B, it also means you've got to win four straight games to win the national title. First-round, quarter, semi, national championship. Now, people have to remember, because I know Notre Dame fans, are. there's some people out there who are like, oh, this is horrible, blah, blah, blah. Notre Dame is okay with this. People need to understand, not only is Notre Dame okay with this, their athletic director, Jack Swarbrick, was one of the four people who wrote this proposal for the Hmm. 12-team model way back in 2019. Um, So it was an understanding that this is the way this is going to work. And they are excited about the possibility of hosting a first-round game, if that's what happens. And Heather, correct me if I'm wrong, Notre Dame is okay with this because, number one, they want to continue to have their independence. And when you look at the deal that they have with NBC and all their rights or whatnot, they're okay with all this. They have the money coming into that university. That's right. And my understanding is that even if the playoffs eventually expands to 14 teams, they would still be okay with it because, again – They can't win a conference championship, as everybody's talking about all these automatic qualifiers and guaranteed spots for the Big Ten, SEC, ACC, Big 12. Notre Dame can't get one of those because it can't win its league. In a 14-team playoff, it would also have to earn one of those at-large buys, which means it would have to be one of the top 14 teams in the country. And so, yes, they're along for the ride. And my understanding, talking to sources, is that none of this, as long as they have a fair pass to the playoffs, Um, and a spot for their Olympic sports and a TV deal, which they have all of those things, Mm -hmm. then they're they're clinging to their independence and their history. Well, hey, Heather, really, really great stuff as always because, believe me, now we're more smarter about a a potential 14-team playoff that could happen as early (laughs) as 2026. Can we talk to you soon, my friend? Take care and be well. Thanks, Heather. Thanks, guys. Heather Dennis, ESPN Cultural Reporter. The great Heather Dennis. She's not just Heather Dennis. The great Heather Dennis. Hit her on Twitter at CFB Heather. Joining us here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. That word revenue is always, always going to be big. And, Harry, I warn people, once the pandemic slowed down and people started having a chance to have their athletic budgets kind of be back where they wanted to be and people going back to games and having that communal feeling with people going to games in football, basketball, and baseball, All that money that they lost during the pandemic where people's jobs had to be furloughed or people lost their jobs. And people said, man, how how are they going to make that money back? I said, college football. That really increased in my mind. I said, they're going to increase the playoff because they want that money back. And now with the contract that have been signed with ESPN and ABC to carry college football playoff and Fox with the Big Ten and NBC, that money, that gravy train does not seem to be going dry anytime soon. That they knew that was going to be the best way to make all that money back as much as they could after the pandemic took a whole bunch of jobs and money away. And it all started, began, and ended with college football and the playoff and that money. I think for me, what I love the most about the you know, college football playoffs expanding to 12 teams, 
now you have more teams with an opportunity to win a national championship. Even if it, if it doesn't get done, you have that opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can say someone robbed you, in which a lot of people thought Florida State got robbed this season because they went undefeated. Case could be made, right. Sure. So for for teams like Florida State, for teams like Auburn in 2004, I want to say, who went undefeated and didn't get a chance to play for a national championship, yeah. you know, now you have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also cool that, the first round of these college football playoffs are being played on campuses. Yes. Right? You, I agree. You, like, you they, also, like they do at FCS, Division yes. two and Division three. You have the luxury of doing that because if it's one thing I love about college football, it's the, the fans and how those students on campus, how they really embrace those moments mm-hmm. when we visit for college game day. And you talk about students that are there the previous day at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, we, we walk in at times at 5, 15, 4, 45 in the morning. Right. And you have a line around every 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 part of campus just about mm-hmm. for them to be able to enter college game day. So yeah. I'm really excited for for the college football playoffs and, and, and expanding to 12 teams and looking forward to these, these young men having that opportunity to be able to com- compete and contend for a national championship. Here's something I will say. I'm going to be that guy to say it. When it comes to increasing more football, always worry about – how much the quality of play could deteriorate when you're having these young men play more and During more football season. games. Yeah, exactly. More games when the playoffs and happen like that. I think if you're going to kind of slow down the war of attrition when it comes to that, I think they need to increase the scholarship level in terms of from 85 where it is to maybe 95 to 100. You're going to need more of that depth than ever before when you're playing a full schedule, potential conference championship game, and maybe four playoff games. I think by increasing the scholarship level, I think that's going to make sure the quality of play doesn't deteriorate the more and more football that you're going to play because when the play deteriorates, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see a lot of bad football when it yeah. comes to championship football, and nobody wants to see that. So if the NCAA, not NCAA, if the College Football Playoff Committee wants to make sure that you're going to get as much quality football as you possibly can, I think you need to increase the scholarship level and raise from 85 to maybe 95, maybe to 100. I also think like these universities, they're now going to have to start visiting these NFL teams, Absolutely. right, in the offseason to see how, okay, how do you guys deal with a 17-game season, but also if your team goes on a run, you have more games in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the science behind it? They have to be better in watching these guys, not running them in the dirt. Absolutely. And making sure that the, the recovery from football, but also the mental aspect of it too, right? Because these, yeah. are, these are young men that it's not a, it's a job, but, but it's also they're going to school, right? It's not like the NFL where all you're doing is football, 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 football. No doubt. You got to make sure their mental health is on point. Also making sure that their bodies are recovering the proper way as well. He's Harry Douglas, Freddie Cohen together on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. So if you're fortunate to play college football, big time college football, the NFL could be waiting for you, especially your top flight quarterback. You got these three, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. Many people believe they're going to go one, two, three, whatever particular order in the NFL draft in April. But which of those three are the most polarizing one? I'll talk to that next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on Sirius XM Channel 80. And I always tell you, smart speaker to play the ESPN Radio. Rich Job quarterback, maybe the most polarizing. Is it one of the top three or somebody else? We'll give you our answer in a couple of seconds. But we mentioned, Harry Douglas mentioned about 40 minutes ago, Saquon Barkley, New York Giants running back has been in touch, according to reports, to C.J. Stroud of the Houston Texans, and maybe that could be a landing spot since the New York Giants have said, Saquon, we're good, but we're going to be good without you or be bad without you. Well, one of our favorites is Easy e Eric in New York. He wants to weigh in on this at 888-729-3776. Easy e what you got, my friend? How you doing, Freddie? How you doing, Harry? We're good, brother. Doing well, my man. Okay, we know it's inevitable. But Harry, thank you for breaking it down. Harry, I need you to lend me your pipes, man. We got throwing some Jody Watley. I'm looking for a new love, baby. A new love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you know what? You don't want to pay him, Saquon? Put him on foot patrol. That's it. That's it. Put him on foot patrol, man. Listen. <laughs> I think Eric is done with the Giants. Yeah, man. Like it's, I, I think we pretty much seen the writing on the walls last year when it came to the contra, uh, contract dispute um, that they didn't want to give Saquon Barkley what he felt like he deserved. And now they, they aren't going to franchise him for a second year because that number would be higher. And I just think it's, it's, it's best for both sides, in my opinion. Saquon goes his separate way. The New York Giants figure out what they're doing because I'll be honest with you, Freddie and Devin. I have no idea the direction that the New York Giants are going in. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even trolling or trying to be funny. I, I I just, I have no idea. I can't have an answer for you. Number one, it's not my team. So as a Cowboys fan, good. <laughs> one less team my team got to worry about in that division. But if you're the New York Giants, you got 35.5 million reasons that Daniel Jones better ball this year. Especially you're not going to trade it for a quarterback in this draft or not select a quarterback in this draft. You're telling everybody, this is how much we don't value Saquon Barkley. This is how much we have trust in Daniel Jones, at least for this year. Because you told people you're giving him 80 million reasons why you believe in him. Well, meanwhile, Saquon Barkley had to go squeegee windshields just to get extra money from the New York Giants on, on the highway trying to do that. So if you're the Giants, you better make it work with Daniel Jones. If you don't believe in him when it comes to his contract that's only guaranteed for this year and you're not drafting a quarterback, then what are you doing if you're the New York Giants? So I'm with you. I don't know what they're doing, but as a Cowboys fan, I don't give a Cowboy. He's thinking that's one less team my team's got to worry about in that division and in the NFC. But when it comes to quarterbacks, we mentioned the three. They're gonna go, they should go one, two, three in whatever order. Caleb Williams out of USC, Jaden Downs out of LSU, and, of course, you got Drake May out of North Carolina. Before I ask Harry Douglas which one is the most polarizing quarterback, and, of course, I'll give you my thoughts as well, check out what Dan Olowski, ESPN football analyst, had to say about 
Drake May and why he likes him, but so many people don't. I have not thought that Caleb Williams was a lock at number one because I thought Drake May would be the guy. I was wrong in that. Jaden Daniels should be the guy. If I were the Chicago Bears right now, I would take Jaden Daniels out of LSU. That is not a knock on Caleb Williams. That is a plus in Jaden Daniels. I think, number one, when you watch all these guys play, the best thrower, the best guy against man coverage, ball placement-wise, is Jaden Daniels. Number two, guys who have to throw the ball downfield, what does it look like? Jaden Daniels throws the ball best downfield. And then number three, who's got the best pocket piece? When I say piece, it's P-E-A-C-E. The patience and the peace within the pocket, he's the best at. Caleb Williams is fantastic. I think Jaden Daniels is better. So who's the most polarizing quarterback in this draft? <sighs> which, which standpoint, which angle are we going for? Okay, in terms of no matter what people may think, they have as many good as to say by that quarterback as bad. That's my parameter. Whew. They have as many good than they will say. That's going to be Jaden Daniels, in my opinion. Okay, why? That's going to be Jaden Daniels because when you look at a guy that can make every throw on the football field, uh, the ball placement, the deep ball, the ability to be able to break down the defense, you look at the explosive plays for LSU – Jaden Daniels was that guy to be able to be at the forefront of all of those explosive plays, whether he was rushing them with his mm-hmm. legs or whether he was throwing them and leading guys and his wide receivers with his arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like his height at six three and a half, six four. Now, a lot of people are talking about his weight, but that's really the only thing we're talking about with Jaden Daniels is his weight. Right. He won a Heisman Trophy. Mm-hmm. He played in the SEC. He played against uh, stiff competition. I can't help but think about the Missouri Tigers, and they're going to have some defensive guys that's going to make an impact on some NFL rosters. And what he did and how he carved up that defense, we've seen the last two years what he was able to do against Alabama as well. Uh, so so I'll, I'll go Jay Daniels. Okay, mine is Drake May. It has nothing to do with what Merrill Hodge from NFL running back had to say on 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C. But I look at guy Drake May, and if you had told me he was not going to be the number one pick in this draft, I would have said, okay, what went wrong? And we found out last year. I thought he was trying to do way too much. He didn't have – he had a different offense coordinator, so that learning curve was a lot steeper than maybe he could have imagined. The running game wasn't there, but he had to be the running game a lot of the time. I thought he put too much pressure on himself to be the guy that we saw his redshirt freshman year at North Carolina. And now all of a sudden, a lot of people that had glowing reviews about Drake May are saying, well, he doesn't do this. Well, he doesn't do that. I still think that guy's going to be a star in the National Football League. But now the question becomes – where does he go, and how do they manage that along? Many people believe that Caleb Williams will play opening day or that Jaden Daniels will play opening day. Many people are saying that Drake May can't play an opening day because there are too many deficiencies that he has that right now can't be fixed by putting him out there to play in the NFL right away. You know another one, J.J. McCarthy? That's a good one. J.J. McCarthy. That's a good one because we still don't know what he can actually do. Exactly. Because Michigan just ran the so ball I'll to swap death. mine out. I'll swap mine for J.J. McCarthy okay. and leave Jane Daniels alone. What kind of combine questions are we going to get from our staff? That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.